know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you, so let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever episode of the Namaslayer Heartsing Podcast. I'm Addie, also known as my future self superhero name, Slayer. Even my two girls call me this at this point. I'm a Heartsing mentor, inspirational speaker, mother of two girls, leader of the private Slay Sisterhood group, entrepreneur, adventure seeker, former corporate America regional manager, and many more faces to my ego, both current and past. But deep inside, I am a light warrior, and I am here to fire you up. In this podcast, through sharing not only my transformation journey, which started as a weight loss quest and still has a lot to do with food, but more about overall wellness, it's morphed into the soul awakening journey. I'm hoping to inspire others to seek their inner guide, their heart sing, to get still and listen to what you already know and meditate, but more on that later. Today, I'm going to share a bit of my story and hope it inspires you to dream about what you can create in your future, to step into that fear and rise and radiate like the warrior you are inside. I'm going to ask you a question, and it might surprise you how long it might take you to think of an answer, especially in light of this year we've been having. When was the last time you were really excited about your future? Take a minute here. Think about it. Was it when was that time you could think of that feeling you had? Were you younger and largely future focused? Remember everything that was going to happen when we grew up, the school, the car, the hobby, the house, exploring the world, maybe becoming the next astronaut? That feeling of the world at your doorstop. Can you identify it? See if you can locate that in your body that excitement you had. What if I was to tell you, you can cultivate that feeling nearly every day of your life? A few years ago, I would have told myself I'm nuts. (laughs) I would have thought it was totally impossible. I grew up believing I could achieve anything. I had all these big dreams and I set about life and got wrapped up in achieving and not being. One day I woke up, I had the beachfront home of my dreams, 50 yards to walk out to the ocean and hop in and my children and this job I dreamt about. And I found I was miserable, you guys. Here I had everything I thought I wanted and happy wasn't there. We're told we get all these things and that's happiness. Happiness is there, right? And somewhere along the way, though, I I had stopped dreaming. I stopped wondering what can I be now? What great things can I achieve? Can you relate to this? And 
although I appeared successful in many standards of today's world, inside I was dying. It's like I was Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. You guys remember that movie? I wake up and live the same day over and over again. That's what my life was feeling like, right? I woke up, got the kids to school, got myself to work, made dinner, maybe snuck in a workout and a couple glasses of the sweet red elixir. You know, a little wine get me winded down from my day, right? Because that's how I dealt with my day. Then guess what? I woke up, I did all over again, day after day. Maybe this is your life right now, or you can relate to it at some point. It was as if I had accepted my fate. This was it. I had settled down. I mean, what more could we want, right? We should be happy. I had all the things Now we just plan for retirement, where we whittle the days away, cocktail with a little umbrella in hand, lost on some beach, and just exist until we don't. Can you feel this? Does this sound appealing about what would you really do on that beach for the rest of your existence? It's nice for a few weeks, but after that, what do we want? What is there? A girlfriend of mine around this time had gotten back from a yoga retreat in Bali, and this experience stuck with me, and I want to share it with you now and take you guys there with me. So we're all going to Bali together. So if you can, close your eyes right now and hop in the Slayer jet, and let's go to Bali. And so we're in Bali, we're at this magnificent sisterhood retreat, and we're standing at the base of this huge staircase, and we've got our yogi guru there. And she looks at us and and says, you know, ahead of you, there's 120 stairs. I want you to go up one stair at a time for each year in your life. And as you get to that stair, stop there and think about what happened in that year. So your first year of life, you're on stair one. Maybe you can't remember a whole lot, but maybe in when you were five, when you hit kindergarten, you had some magical kindergarten experience, or there was some tragedy in your life you remember maybe. So you go all the way up to your current age. And my friend had gotten up to the 49th step, her marker, (laughs) her age, and she took a seat. And the guru said, I want you to take some time here and look back at all you've done in your life, all the magic you created, all the tragedy you endured, all the lessons you had. Take a moment and reflect and write about all of this time. And so we sit there and we're all writing and we're thinking about all this amazing things we've done in our lives and the hardships we've had and maybe current situations and whatever you're going through. And the guru says, now I want you to look up. Remember, there's 120 stairs here. Average life expectancy is 80. So look at where you are now. The high potential of how long you could live is to 120. So my friend's sitting here almost at the 50-yard mark, right? She's like, holy crap, there's 70 more stairs ahead of me, right? And I'm right around there too. I'm 48 this year. How many more years ahead of us? And what can we do with that time? Can you see all those stairs ahead of you? You look down, you have less stairs behind you than potentially is in front of you. And yet we're trained a lot by society that, you know, as we hit our older years, we're kind of put out to pasture. This is when it's just beginning. But how do we begin? I didn't know how to begin. The story rocked me to my core, right? What do, you, what do you want with the next 70 years? Can you answer it? 
Are you just on that hamster wheel awaiting retirement shipped out to pasture? How do we create this future we want? This change in feeling shifted my perception about it. And rather than living from my past, I started living from my future. And I still have life left in me. In fact, I am much more fabulous at this point in my life going forward. But it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And that growth and this knowledge came at a time when I had already started to come out of misery. And do you think, do you even believe that you can create this excitement if you've been experiencing misery in your life? Or if you're miserable right now, you might have circumstances that just seem horrible. I know it's crazy, but misery can be good. It can be such a good thing. How can that be, right? I'm going to tell you how and that it's true and that being in that ball of misery can be good and can start you on this journey to create that future. And I'm living proof because I was definitely in a ball of misery. Can you think of a time when you just didn't even want to get up out of bed? Where you just felt like you just wanted to watch Netflix until weeks. Like you could just not even get up and you'd be perfectly fine. And you just didn't want to even get out of bed and face the world. Hopefully not. And I can save you with my story. But chances are you probably have. You see, just a few years ago, I hit my phase, what I like to call my 300-pound ball of misery phase. I had recently moved back from Hawaii to Arizona to help my mom while she was dealing with treatments for stage 4 cancer. And in order to do this, I left my youngest child with my ex-husband in Hawaii and gave up all those things I told you I'd worked so hard for, right? The beachfront home was with the job and the friends and the lifestyle I'd created in this beautiful place. It was all amazing and the people were amazing, but I still wasn't truly happy. But that's another story and one I wouldn't realize until much later why behind it. I mean, I had everything that was on my vision board and I still wasn't happy. Why couldn't I just be grateful for everything I had? I mean, there's so many people suffering in the world. I should be grateful and happy, right? Why wasn't I? Do you feel like this? Have you? Like you should be happy just because you have the most awesome children, great job, work environment, maybe a great partner in crime. Well, I took the summer off corporate America and moved from Hawaii to Arizona in a matter of weeks. I moved in with my mom and her husband and helped track the doctor's appointments, medication, and the day-to-day care. If you or anyone you know has dealt with cancer or serious disease, you know that is a full-time job in itself. I had no idea what I was walking into, and I am so happy and grateful I was able to be there and help. And the summer dragged by. I watched my mom fight like the love warrior she is, you guys. We shuttled back and forth over an hour each way to chemo and radiation. And, you know, we'd have laughter here and there as tumbleweeds would blow across the freeway and crop dusters would die bomb us. And we had just these little joyful moments that I will forever treasure. But it also wreaked havoc on our delicate little body. I felt like every bump was just taking a little more, a chunk of my mom and her, her physical self. And while I was grateful to be there, it was a very long summer. Cancer is brutal and can suck the life out of the greatest love warrior. And if you've had to deal with an illness, I'm I'm sure you can identify to that. 
So I'm going through that and and I've got my youngest child across the ocean. I'm feeling guilty about not being there as a parent. And how do I buy coastal parent? And the company I worked for in Hawaii had an opening in Arizona as a regional manager. And this meant new clients, new properties in the midst of this new work environment is a big, stressful job. So I'm starting this new job. Mom has cancer, kids across the ocean, and it's budget season. Okay. Budget season, you guys. Poke my eye out with the fork or a highlighter in this case. But I, I don't know if you guys can relate. Do you have budgets where you're at? Budgets or think of like the worst big task that comes down the pipeline, right? That's what it was like for me because I would much rather deal with the people side of the business than the budget. And now that I'm not good at it, I can be good at it. Anyhow, I digress. So it's budget season and, you know, you got the spinning wheels of death because the the software is faster than the hardware and you're watching the spinning wheel and your eyes are starting to cross like the zombie dude from the Scooby-Doo show. Remember him? The trance guy. <laughs> I just feel like I see those eyes like every time I see the spinning wheel of death on my computer and help desk tickets, right? You're waiting on help desk tickets and then you get 100 million emails and phone calls, vendor issues, resident issues. Add to that any sort of a personal life. Forget it. You're in a storm of overwhelm. I'm sure you guys probably have a version of this yourselves. I probably just triggered it in you to check your email and your text messages right now. Stop. Take some time for yourself. It's okay. I know. You know, sometimes that misery can build up more than others, right? That overwhelm where it just becomes unbearable. And that happened to me one lady fr late Friday night, September of that year. I was watching the spinning wheel of death. I could see the emails coming in, the client's unhappy because I haven't delivered. It's Friday. I've been dealing with the spinning wheel of death. And I felt like I was neglecting all my people because I was trying to deal with the spinning wheel of death. And of course, it made me want to do none of it because I was in this state of overwhelm, right? Hello, perfectionism. Amidst this feeling of failure, right? Like I wasn't providing, regardless if I was in control of it or not, I felt like a failure. And the anxiety was building. And I wanted desperately to say to my client, you have no idea how many hours I've put at this desk, 14 hour days, not taking care of myself, watching the spinning wheel of my death. I'm doing my best, leave me alone, right? Of course I didn't. We would never do that because that would imply that we didn't have everything together and things weren't perfect. Global perfectionism, right? That would be a disaster. They must think we have our act together. But really, truly, does anyone have their act together? I'm quite sure the client's waiting on a spinning wheel of death and a health desk ticket somewhere too. Right? <laughs> Everybody is. So, well, I didn't lose it on him or my supervisors or the wall I wanted to hurl my keys out in frustration. Instead, you guys, it was like a switch just went off in me. I calmly powered my computer down. I grabbed my stuff, cleaned up my little work area, went home. I put on the holiest of holy yoga pants. You know, the ones that have a ton of holes, but they're also holy because like they're so old. They've been blessed by the Pope himself, right? Eventually, I lifted my head from a pile of tears and ordered from Postmates. Do you guys have Postmates where you are? This is a magical food delivery services that brings you whatever you want, whenever you want, at your home. You don't even have to leave to abuse your body anymore. 
cookies, cakes, fried food, all the amazing things to feed your brain some quick pleasure and shove your emotions down. They even bring you booze now, I hear. You just really don't have to leave anymore. So I sulked around the house and I filed up, fired up, you know, the television. Well, none of us are leaving right now anyway with COVID, right? It's kind of how we're all feeling right now. And, you know, so I fired up that TV and I started to browse. And it's when I decided to really avoid my feelings by all means possible. You know, you guys, I had the food, wine, Netflix, social media scrolling, because that really helps you feel better. You know, get yourself in some comparison with everybody's happy Facebook shots. Right. And uh, but basically avoid feeling my emotions. And that's called buffering. You know, we do something to buffer that emotion. And sometimes what the hell I like to do them all at once. And this I call the ultimate buffering plan. And it leaves you no room to feel. So I was doing all these things at once, right? Drinking, watching Netflix, eating. And I'm scrolling. And I was like, okay, it's time to watch the ultimate buffering series of all time. I don't know how I made it to 2017 and I never started it. But I pushed play on Game of Thrones. Is there anyone out there that has not watched it yet? I couldn't believe, like, I felt like I was the only person in the universe, but I'm finding people. So if you have not watched it, just know that you have an ultimate buffering um, show you can use for your future. Because once you get sucked in, right? I lost myself for three days. Like, literally, I don't think I moved other than answer the door when Postmates arrived. I didn't shower, brush my teeth. I stayed in bed, curled up in my 300-pound ball of misery, binging Game of Thrones, weeping, feeling sorry for myself, eating more, drinking more, feeling sorry for myself that it came to this, right? That it was me alone, middle-aged, mom was dying, kids an ocean away, a new job I could hardly felt like I could handle, and the misery, I just can't even describe to you, the ache and loneliness was almost unbearable. It was the first time in my life I think I truly understood what it felt like to be depressed, that I didn't want to move from bed, that I wanted to hide from anxiety that would come in waves and feel like my heart was getting zapped. And I had always considered myself a pretty happy, positive person and able to overcome so many things, and I just couldn't get up. And I just wanted to stay in this warm place, safe place of avoidance and never wanted to leave. I wanted to keep eating, drinking, and finding out what Daenerys and those dragons were going to conquer next. For me in this ball of misery, somewhere around day three, and I think season three probably, I realized I needed to ask for help. I had to get out of bed. I had two daughters to be an example for to show how to live. I couldn't just rot away in misery. I had to do something. But what? Take a moment, you guys. What have you had enough of right now? What is going on in your world that might cause you to turn to Netflix or want to have your own version of that ultimate buffering plan? How do we overcome that and become heroes that rise up to see a different day? For me, I'd accept this misery was part of where I was at right now, but I could decide to either wallow in it or get up and try to step out of it. I mean, how had I gotten here? Midlife, alone, 
miserable, no dreams, hopes, aspirations. I was just lost. I mean, after all, my good years were gone, right? It's what we're shown. You know, you hit midlife, it's over. We're not young anymore. It's what society will tell us. Dream big and achieve all the things and then retire and get out of the way. I had to decide. I could not just wallow away. I mean, Game of Thrones was going to end eventually. I couldn't just like stay hold up. I had to make a decision to lie there or get up and change my life. To decide and commit, I was all in and made that decision to find answers, to keep seeking and not give up and become that ball of misery for life. You'll become relentless in your search for solutions once you decide and commit. Those two things that making the decision and knowing you're committed. As I committed on this journey and I decided I was going to try no matter what because it could not be worse than being in that ball of misery. And I had my girls I needed to get up for. Well, I unleashed the curiosity beast and she has not gone back in for any of you that know me. So as you set out on your journey to unearth yourself from this misery, this is where you find the magic. It's along this path. And you hear that all the time. I think it's about the journey and not the destination. You know, it's very cliche and also so true, which is why it's cliche, right? I knew I wanted to seek all avenues I could that didn't involve adding Xanax to my buffering plant. Because then I'd be like the ultimate, ultimate buffering plant, right? I had always prided myself on how I managed stress and how I could work harder, better, and faster than everybody and be so positive. And at the time, I thought in my head, you know, if I could just get my weight in order, then I'd be happy, right? That's what we're showing after all. All these beautiful lunchtime wine drinking, thin, gorgeous women that have it all, living the life. They're so happy. Maybe if I just get like that, I'll be happy, right? I had the house and the beach and the kids and all of that, and I wasn't happy. Maybe if I get this body, I'm going to be happy. So I began this quest to find more about my weight, which turned into so much more, you guys. The weight loss was a side effect of everything else. And you see, once you commit to starting to alter your future, you start to ask questions everywhere. Can you think of a place in your life where you can begin to ask questions? I started my quest in search of the holy grail of weight loss, right? Asking questions just everywhere I could. Weight Watchers clearly wasn't cutting it. I mean, I was a lifelong member. And I had some success with the program, but it just wasn't working for me anymore. And I searched online for someone to talk to, but... More fad-looking diet stuff came up. You know, I went to the doctors just exhausted, like asking for help and got more pill scripters that I really didn't want to go to. And, um, you know, I ended up going to a weight loss clinic to look into getting surgery. I mean, after all, I was rock bottom here, right? I had 35 years of failure trying to get this weight under control. And luckily you have to wait for six months before they'll actually cut you open and during which time they give you a 20 year old nutritionist that will teach you nothing you don't already know about nutrition I mean I'm not ignorant I'm a lifelong weight watcher for god's sakes I read and tried so many diets I have more nutritional knowledge I think in my little finger than she could possibly have put in her head bless her heart 
I was so frustrated. I was like, I give up. Cut me open already. I'm sick of the battle. And I waited the six months. I also went to keto where I found the doctor filled me with hope. You know, she made this plan and she started to tell me how it was going to be a possibility. And, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. You're going to lose 60 pounds by this day. Then we have to dial you back a little bit because you have to get blood work and it might come back toxic. And I was like, oh, toxic. What do you mean? Like I could die from toxicity? Yeah, but it's okay. We'll monitor you as long as you come in for these really expensive, by the way. Like every time you go in because insurance doesn't pay for it because it could kill you. I was like, okay, this doesn't sound good. But I had gotten so much hope in that future plan that I started crying, right? Have you ever been so desperate to fix something that you thought of risking your very life for it? That even death would be better than to exist this way any longer. That's how I felt. Part of me couldn't even believe I was contemplating this. And the other part of me was starting to awaken with hope, right? A few months went by in this process while I'm waiting to get cut open from the weight loss group, right? Or this clinic. And in the process, during this period, I stumbled along these books. You know, I was still buffering books, Netflix, food booths all of that. And these books were called Single Wide Female, The Bucket List by Lillian Blake. And these are fun reads. They're about this heavier set attractive girl in her 20s that had delayed doing a lot of adventure things, adventurous things because she was heavy. And she decided she was going to tackle these things she'd avoided and act now. So she made herself a list to challenge herself and her everyday bucket list was born. Her list included things like skinny dipping, being an extra on TV and the movies, learning to meditate. This bucket list should be filled with things you can do on a whim or a week on. They're not expensive, but fun and adventurous. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. Why don't I have an everyday bucket list? I mean, I'm the queen of the bucket list, the vision boards. How did this one escape me? Like Samantha, the heroine and single wide female, I always wanted to learn to meditate. So I put that on the top of my list. And I realized, you know, that I needed action to make these changes within me. They don't happen if you don't take action, right? They don't need to be huge, but small little actions. It wasn't just enough to dream about. I need to try new things, you know? So I started making this list and I had dabbled in meditative states through different types of yoga and I always wanted more but never knew how to get to that place and be in that place, you know, and stay there. I had too many thoughts. I thought I could never learn to meditate, right? Me and everyone else in the world, since we have 60,000 thoughts in our head a day, none of us think we can meditate and we all can. Every single one of us can. You can, I can. Anyhow, I put meditation on my everyday bucket list, and sure enough, Google read my brain. You guys know how this is, right? You swear you didn't even say the word out loud, and all of a sudden, you have ads and pages about the subject floating through your newsfeed. And maybe Google is like the universe's co-conspirator. Totally. (laughs) Because I swear, you guys, I made this list on paper And I did not say it out loud. And lo and behold, here comes transcendental meditation in my newsfeed. I quickly like discounted it's like a cult or something, right? Transcendental, transcend where, right? That sounds crazy. 
So eventually between my drive to want to check an item off my bucket list, because I do love to check a list, my curiosity about meditation and Facebook insisting I check it out, I headed to Google to do my research because I was scared if I clicked the link in Facebook that it, it would zap me through the vortex. You know what I mean? But so I went outside and I asked Google, what's about transcendental meditation? I mean, this cult couldn't be any worse than my 300 pound ball of misery, right? Maybe that's just what I needed. After researching videos and reviewing, I realized it's such a widely recognized technique. It's not religious or philosophical. It's just a technique that teaches you to meditate, to get to a state of higher consciousness to transcend thought. How I have never heard of this before. It's hard to find a celebrity, you guys, that has not done it. I challenge you right now. Ask who has learned transcendental meditation and literally like a million celebrities will show up. And one video I watched was about Oprah talking to Dr. Oz about TM Town. And you see Oprah now with um, Deepak and doing the med meditations with the Chopra Center. And this video was back from... Oh, I think like oh four or something. And she had visited where they teach transcendental meditation. And she had her the entire own network trained and they stopped every day at nine and four thirty to meditate. And she said you wouldn't you couldn't believe what has happened with the company. There are people that um, no longer have migraines and high blood pressure solved. They had amazing intention and energy. And she said even more than the physical benefits everyone saw was the energy that it brought to the show, that it was just magical. I thought, okay, well, if Oprah says it, right? And could it help me with my heart-sapping anxiety, right? Take me away from having to get some Xanax. So the action of making this bucket list, you guys, it might not seem like a big move, but it was one of many small seemingly insignificant actions that at a glance don't look like much but would change the course of my life and that's the same for you it's through small actions that you can change the trajectory of your future and I wasn't just writing ideas on cocktail napkins anymore right I now had a list that I could check off and make intentional action from. In fact, I just had someone yesterday from our private membership group, the Slay Sisterhood, post that she finished her everyday bucket list. And it was a huge win for the day because she already felt such a shift inside of her. Just making the list brought her some excitement. She's now looking for opportunities for things to cancel in her schedule that she can fit some of these things in. You know, like um, taking a painting class or going canoeing or just going to put your feet in the earth while you're at lunch sometimes, you know, all of these questions and images, you know, as I was making my list, I was putting in my brain and that's what you do when you put them in your brain. You're telling yourself, I want to be this person that tries these things, tries new things, steps into fear. I want to be a meditator, a person that does yoga or goes to a float spa. And I was becoming that person by taking action, doing these things and asking myself in the world questions. You know, I had alternated my future and I stepped into that fear. And the moment of realizing I didn't want to go down the Xanax path, 
you know, I, I took action. I did sign up for the Transcendental Meditation course. And meditation has absolutely changed my life. You will hear this from me over and over again. And in fact, my goal is to inspire a million people to meditate. Along the way, I want to help women everywhere find their heart, sing, and their magic within. But my ultimate goal is to lead 100 million people to be inspired to meditate. And it's led me to the Chopra Center, where I'm currently studying to teach another mantra-based meditation. And it's like TM in a way. And that's a story for another podcast. But let's suffice it to say meditation within two weeks of practicing it. Remember, I was in my ball of misery still. I was still buffering, seeking answers, but I kept asking and looking. And within two weeks of practicing meditation, I started to get solutions that seemingly so simple, you guys, such simple things like, why don't you ask IT if they have equipment for home? Because I had to keep going in the office to do these things and I would lose valuable time in the car and just walk into the bathroom. I swear it was like 10 minutes to the bathroom and at home I could like roll there in my office chair, you know? So, and I came out of meditation. I went to IT. I'm like, hey, do you guys have stuff? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, okay. I just gained an hour and a half. Like I just started seeing these things that were so simple that for whatever reason, I didn't even take the time to be still enough. And it was like I got super brain, right? The biggest game changer too with my weight was adding the second meditation in in the afternoon because with Transcendental Meditation and the Primordial Sound Meditation, they recommend twice a day. And I was doing my afternoon meditation. I started adding it in a little bit earlier when I started to notice myself wanting to go to that candy jar, right? And really analyzing like, why did I want to go to that candy jar? Like starting to understand that and being able to rest instead and replenish my mind and my body through just rest and relaxation. And meditation is a deeper, it's one, a state of restfulness that gives you more rest, makes you feel more rested than sleep in this short time frame. It's better than a power nap for you to go meditate. And you guys, any meditation is better than none. If you're if you haven't yet been trained in a type of meditation, if you do a meditation app, that's great. Even if you can get 10 minutes a day, it can make such a difference in your world. And start where you're at. You know, so many of us, we get stuck in the overwhelm. Anyhow, on this story, on this journey, you know, we're committing to seeking something more, right? We begin to get develop awareness and connect with our inner selves. And that's where we align with our true selves. And you can figure out what that zone of genius is. You guys heard of the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He's a famed psychologist and author, and he is um, the brains behind the term zone of genius, right? I had never really thought about what I love combining with what I'm good at. And there's so much of it in what I used to do. And I didn't realize how much of my time I was spending outside of that zone and what a big difference it makes when I'm in that zone. I never really thought about what it meant being what being myself meant. You know, anytime I had emotions that weren't comfortable in my body, I would buffer them. I would I would chose to not even feel them. 
you know, I would eat, drink, Netflix. I mean, I cried here and there and I got emotional sometimes, but I mean, it was, I preferred to buffer them and not feel them. And sometimes my excited emotions were almost harder to handle. Like that's when you go celebrate, right? And, you know, especially at work, what do you do when your emotions are high? There's so much talk about wine around the hallways, right? It's an industry standard in most offices. The water cooler, it's the wine cooler, right? Like, oh, I need a drink. It's become part of our culture and it goes with everything we do. So in my quest for answers, uh, I'm meditating at this time and a friend told me about this life coach, Fit and Fat, on Facebook. And I was like... What the hell? I'm already ready to get cut open. <laughs> this seems less invasive, right? <laughs> I started to listen. And through her, I learned about the Think Act Feel Cycle and Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School. These are both great podcasts if you guys haven't listened to them. And they're brilliant women and helping multitudes of people learning how to understand that it's not their circumstances that are causing everything, right? It's our thoughts that are, that are, that are creating our feelings and therefore our actions. And learning how to self-coach myself helped me learn how to feel these feelings and identify what a feeling felt like in my body. This increased my self-awareness to a level where I could feel a feeling and already know what cue I was going to have and what action I wanted to take, right? That, you know, the circumstances are not what caused our results. You know, it's what we think about them that causes our actions that cause our results. So just shifting your thoughts about a situation can change your entire trajectory, and, you know, this happened to me with the candy jar at work when I started meditating instead. I started doing these thought models that the life coach school teaches. And on these thought models, I, it was like, why do I want to run to the candy jar at 3.30? Right? It was because I was feeling tired. I needed a break and I was seeking relief in the form of sugar to re-energize me. And once I realized that, I came up with my solution. It was to meditate, Right. This is why awareness is such a superpower. Understanding our brains and our emotions is key. And can you physically describe the emotion you're having now? It's a powerful tool. It brings awareness to your mind and the results it can have in your life are amazing. You create your results with what you're feeling. So dial in. Hopefully you're not dozing off. <laughs> Are you curious, interested, tired, happy, hopeful, excited? What do you feel and how does it feel in your body? And then you feel what that emotion actually feels like, right? I have a bit of a self-awareness in me right now. Like when I'm connected with my soul, I can feel it in my fingers. I have some of that going on. I'm very excited and engaged to be doing my first podcast and making this dream happen. I can feel this energy in my body. And we are energy, you guys. So start to notice how you feel and what it has in your body. Does your heart flutter a little bit? You know, are you feeling sleepy? Are you, you know, what is that feeling? And can you name it and identify? And the better you get at that, the more you're going to have the self-awareness that cultivates into everything else. 
And then that self-awareness will continue leveling up to your self-actualization and self-realization. It will start with this awareness of your mind and your thoughts. And as we start to understand that in our physical navigation system a little bit more, the gut, heart, and mind connection, the more we can see it all play together in how you can create that future. And we are here to create. This involves pushing ourselves outside that comfort zone. You know, your brain wants to stay safe. It wants to keep hidden in the cave so Daenerys's dragons don't come, you know, grab you up and drag you across the ocean. Our brains are so outdated, but we are way ahead of them, right? We can learn to train them. We can push ourselves to be uncomfortable. And with everything that's coming at us today, think the ultimate buffering plan, right? It's easy for us to not realize what's making us comfortable. We can easily go and Netflix and watch YouTube and whatever else you want to do. Once we learn about the brain and the connection to the body, we can realize that misery is good. This is your navigation system, this amazing mechanism you're given within your body telling you you need to change something. If you are feeling miserable, you need to take different action. You'll only create different results in your future if you take action different than your past. They say if you want to look where you are now, look at everything you've done and thought of before. To create something different, we want to step outside of that and push your brain into the fear. Do something different. We're so worried about having things done right and perfectly that, you know, the avenue for wanting acceptance can stunt that creativity But we don't want that in our world, right? We want people to try new things. Go fail. Listen, I have there's some great news in this. If you look at that and you can say, okay, yeah, I'm friggin' miserable slayer. You know, I feel like pretty much shit every day. Or I just don't feel good. I want to feel good. Awareness of that and to dial into those emotions and to realize you just need to take some action. In small actions, you guys, they don't have to be huge. You know, when your heart singing radiance comes in alignment with your personality, you feel lit up. So when you can figure out what that is for you, you enter like a state of flow, right? The universe starts to put things in your path that help you create exactly what you are intending to create. And be clear, you are creating everything anyway, So why not create it from a place of positivity and proactive creativity and create whatever the hell you want, regardless of your current circumstances? How can we get to that space if you can't even imagine what it is you want to create? I'm going to leave you with a few key things here. You find in the stillness. And for me, that's in meditation. Others, you know, can be a form of ritual or prayer Putting yourself first and being still is a priority and finding a way to recover and listen to your inner self. Find your voice again that we have buried since we were children. So finding stillness, place to even be. And then the awareness of your mind. I do this everyday journaling. I do three pages. We call them magic pages in the hood uh, based on a concept by Julia Cameron, the morning pages. 
that um, three pages, the third page is magic. I don't know why, but it's basically like I'm self-coaching myself every morning. I get done with those pages and I can see all everything going on in my mind and I come out the other side. And finally, creating a future self vision for yourself. Creating, you can't create what you want if you don't know what you want. And so many of us were scared to dream. We just forgot how to dream and it's okay. It doesn't matter your circumstances. This is why I made the superhero course because it helps step you outside of that, right? That restrictions, you create an alter ego like a Lady Gaga did with Stephanie, right? Lady Gaga was her alter ego. She steps outside of it. How do you know when you're all in on your goal, you guys, when you're all in on taking action? And one clear way, you know, is you won't have any shame over your goal anymore. You will tell everyone. This also creates accountability for yourself. I started sharing publicly. I was like, no more goal shaming or shaming of my body or my soul inside. I am sharing everything. And I remember I called it coming out of the weight loss closet. I did it on my private page, on my page for my friends, and told everyone I was starting Namaslayer to journal to track this weight loss pound. And I hung everything out there, you guys. I hung my fat pictures and in front of my friends, family, all of this. And I was just so sure I wasn't giving up anymore. It didn't matter. I knew that this was it. And it created accountability for me. But it also, you know, as I was publicly sharing, um, I couldn't even envision what I would look at at 200 pounds, much less at like my goal weight. So I had created Slayer, this future self version of myself. And I started saying, what would Slayer do? I was slaying goals left and right. I wrote letters to my cute future self, um, for, to my current self from my future self. I visualized the superhero I would become because I couldn't even imagine really being there like 100 pounds just seemed insurmountable so I visualized this fictional character and what would she do and I acted from this place in like an Olympic athlete you know how they say they close their eyes and focus your body doesn't know the difference from reality from fiction from what your mind is thinking so I started to visualize daily what my life would look like and to become the superhero you guys I even have a sword I'm serious and now I'm embarking on this huge life adventure, right? I left corporate America, I purchased an RV, I lost almost 100 pounds so far. And I'm taking my online business on the road to explore all the things I want to see and do around the country. And as I was living online and sharing, I was seeing transformation from my Facebook followers and their love and the concept of future self too. That's where I really got stuck. I was like, I've got to know more and dig in, got to keep building this future. And it's amazing how many of us have stopped dreaming and we put it so far down the priority list. It's not existent. You know, they say two thirds of us in the U.S. don't have any future plans. We spend more time making vacation plans than we do planning our futures. I know it was true for me. I sure as hell spent more time on vacation than thinking about what I wanted. Now I spend time every single day thinking about what that future looks like. 
And, you know, gradually sharing on Facebook led to my private membership group and helping other women create their future selves, um, you know, creating the superhero incubator and creating a space that I think we can find that lost part of us, that inner child and creating that vision for what you want to be, what it looks like, feels like, you know, what is your heart's desire Do you know the details of your future and what you want it to look like? Or can you begin to imagine? And then if you can create anything in your world, what would it be? You see, many times I think we get caught up in the circumstances. We think that's what's causing our misery, right? My mom with cancer, my kid across the ocean, my um, stressful job, all of those things. And in fact... I was, I found my heart saying while I was at my job, right? And looking on paper, my circumstances got worse, but I got happier. So if it's the circumstances that cause it, then how is that possible? Can we truly create what we want? Yes, we can. We can create those feelings and be the future self superheroes that can rise up in spite of any situation. And from acknowledging our misery, We can decide to take action and develop our awareness so we can begin this journey, this quest of self-discovery to find your amazing soul in there. Think about that staircase, you guys, from the beginning, right? Remember, we're all together at this big sisterhood retreat. We're in this staircase and you're on your stair. You're right where your age is. And think about all those past lessons you learned and think about all those stairs ahead of you. What if... What can you create? What's your heart desire? The world is yours to light up. How will you choose to take action to build your future self superhero? Try making that everyday bucket list. You might just have a little shift there. Decide to try new things. Commit to taking action and dream big. It is all possible. I promise you. Have some fun. And let's go light this world up. Have an amazing week, you guys. And I'll be back with more. Until later. Ow! Slay her out, witches and bitches. <laughs>